0: chance on here, Pulisic picks up the loose ball and he could be in Christian Pulisic for Chelsea 1-0 Quick thinking by Alisson and it's Salah could lift it still Salah the Ghost Goal Podcast. Welcome back to the Ghost Goal Podcast. The Champions League semifinals are upon us. The Europa League semifinals are upon us. We've got the biggest games in Europe coming up this week and next week so uh, we got the whole crew together today to preview everything as we look ahead to the, the semifinals from across european football that is if they still happen i know that uefa was trying to say that real madrid could be ejected still from the cha- from the champions the, league because the, the they haven't officially withdrawn the games in 2 days they
1: would not have uh, they would have announced it already if uh, that was the case
0: uh, yeah, I also feel like the the, car, the the court of arbitration in sport would have been on top of this real quick. But I'm Andrew Pissarro alongside Alex Moss, Javier Arevalo. Nice little Sunday night preview. Uh, we've got PSG taking on Manchester City on Wednesday. And Tuesday, we'll see Real Madrid take on Chelsea. Thursday, we've got Manchester United taking on Roma. And Villarreal taking on Arsenal. A uh, bunch of good games. Uh, I will probably be betting on them, although I'm ice-fucking-cold right now. Um, by the way, follow us on Twitter and Instagram, at Pod at Andrew Passaro, at ASMoss92, and at JavierRev9. Real Madrid-Chelsea, first game going to be taking place this Tuesday, the 27th, uh, at, in Madrid, and the second leg, or at Madrid, the second leg will be taking place uh, for with Chelsea being the home, uh, the home team in the second leg on Wednesday, May 5th. Um, Alex, I haven't checked on this. Are these games actually being played in Spain and uh, England, yeah.
1: respectively? Yeah, they are.
0: Okay. All right. Well, there we go. So, uh, although you will not be playing at the to the regular Real Madrid home, they're playing their, all their games at their training facility as they renovate uh, the Bernabeu. But, Alex, look, I'll turn it over to you. Real Madrid took down Liverpool um, over two legs, and... Uh, Chelsea took down Atletico... Oh, who did you guys take down? What was it? It was not Atletico. Wow, you can't
1: even remember our quarterfinal opponent. Porto. Porto, yeah.
0: <laughs> yes, Porto. Well, I didn't... I Honestly, I watched games... I watched clips from all of the games from the last round, except for the Chelsea-Porto games. I literally did not watch a single second of either of those games. So... God, um, I'm
2: I'm still so on the fence about this, Alex. Give me your reason why you think Chelsea are going to go through. Because obviously, I see you, you're picking you here convincing? Chelsea.
1: Do you need me to yeah, work my because magic? because
2: right now, right now, I'm like, I'm I'm seriously like on the fence about it. I kind of think Chelsea are going to get it to the finals, but let me hear your argument, Alex.
1: Honestly, Javier, I'm just happy this is the starting point for us because I I, fe- I feared the worst. I feared you just being like you're you're completely ridiculous for even thinking Chelsea can get to the final. But I really think we can. I, obviously, Real Madrid are gonna be our toughest opponent to date. Uh, That Atletico matchup, while they were playing very badly at that point, uh, based on their form in La Liga, it was still like a very uh, tough matchup with a team that's still currently ahead of Real Madrid in the table. Uh, They've picked their form up a little bit more, but you know, Chelsea dispatched them relatively easily. Uh, the, the, The Porto quarterfinal, yes, we got the, on paper, easiest opponent. But it didn't feel easy. That was a very good, high pressing team that made it very difficult for Chelsea. And we just sort of uh, minimized our own mistakes and waited to maximize our uh, our own output on uh, Porto's mistakes. And from there, with the two goal lead, we just sort of saw the second leg out with uh, you know a couple chances that we sh- maybe should have put away. But there's a lot of games building up right now, so. Uh, sometimes you just have to take what you can get. And, if, and based off current form for this Chelsea side, as long as we keep any game, uh, whether it's a playoff, a uh, single knockout game or a two-legged affair, if we can keep those matchups low scoring, we have as good a chance as any team of, of going through. Because if you notice a lot of our success, whether you look this last weekend against West Ham, who were, we were level on points with uh, for uh, top four and basically got a three-point lead ahead of them or the week before when we beat Manchester City 1-0. It's low scoring, minimizing your own uh, mistakes Yeah, stop at the back. predicting three goal wins for Chelsea, Alex. Yeah,
2: yeah, it's yeah. It's not I mean, happening. I'm Next time, him, like... you know what I mean? I called you out on the last pod. I'm going to call you out again. But, like, that's kind of why I think that's Chelsea have, have a chance but, in this. So because, the reason
1: I can see people thinking Real Madrid have, like, <sighs> a good chances is because they obviously dispatched Liverpool, like, pretty easily. Uh but I just think, and this is no disrespect to Liverpool, at full health, obviously, I would put Liverpool up against that Real Madrid side and and, and and maybe even pick them to go through. But the fact of the matter is, you guys were you know depleted at the back, and there were some bad mistakes that uh, caused you guys to fall behind 3-1. And even at home in the second leg, you just couldn't overcome a two-goal uh, first-leg deficit. And well, if that happens two, to us, I mean, I'm not going to pick us to go through. But I think we can go to Madrid and like draw 1-1 one, one in the first leg, come back to the bridge, and win 1-0. I'll I'll take that. Or even if we lose the first leg, 2-1, uh, right, we I come know back what to the bridge, win 1-0. You, you don't see us beating Alex, Real Madrid 1-0 right now? Rational I, I Alex
2: would say... Yeah, but what about like the experience that players like Casemiro, like Modric, like Cruz have in this situation, yeah. and yeah, how good they've been? They've been in semifinals and and in finals of Champions League. I mean, they once once they get to this point, they win it. So
1: it's but again, you're, got you're to betting add, against that's, you're that's betting against Cristiano Ronaldo. It is. Hey, you know, we're, we're not. We're not but without Karim Champions Benzema, League experience either. Ben, we have Benzema. a manager who just went to the final last year. Artiago Silva just went to the final last year and has gone deep plenty of times. Uh, ZX tore Real Madrid to pieces two seasons ago, home, uh, away at the Bernabeu. And, you know, he was rested on the weekend, so may start in midweek.
2: Okay, so here's, uh,
1: here's what I Kovacic th- played for think. Real Madrid doing a lot of those runs and played very big games for them. Yeah, He's,
0: but he wasn't, a, he wasn't a main starter or a it, main person in the midfield. Lot, no, he was not. If you look
1: back at a lot you, of their big second legs uh, during the first sedan era... He would play the the three of Cruz, Casemiro, and Modric in the first leg, build up a lead, and then sort of rotate them around for the second leg. Sometimes play a four four two with uh, Kovacic and either Casemiro, Modric, or Cruz, and you know rest the other two. So Zidane was a big fan of Kovacic, but his lack of goal output was ultimately what you know made him uh, leave Madrid. But he's still a very good player and has a lot of experience at this level. It, it's a question whether he's going to be he- like healthy or not, but. I think he's supposed to—he was backing training recently, so I think they're just make, making sure that he's ready for this Real Madrid uh, matchup. And then there's the whole storyline of Eden Hazard. He's back fit, uh, hasn't played that much recently, but he could theoretically play. I don't think he'll start, but if he comes on, it'll even without fans, it will still be special to see uh, see him playing against I think, us. I think
2: the big difference between these two teams is someone like Kareem Benzema, who has been ba- banging up. in goals— you know, has twenty six or twenty seven goals in all competitions for the season. You know, since Cristiano Ronaldo left, he's been getting a lot more goals, and it's not even that those are coming from penalties; these are goals in open play. Sergio Ramos takes the penalties for this team, so uh, he's he's had a very very impressive goal output without penalties. And I don't know if there's a player like that on Chelsea or in this tie, someone who is I think, in the top. Five or six Champions League goal scorers of all time. I mean, this yeah. guy's still a phenomenal player. Cruz, Modric. You know that all of them are going to be up for this for this first leg. So.
1: All I'll say is, uh, I know this if, isn't a direct comparison, but I could see them beating Benzema you guys like two very, nil. If they beat the you two leg. nil
2: in the first leg, it's I think it's over. Like I think they they are maybe. like experienced enough to see maybe, it out. Maybe
1: not. Maybe we could manage like a two nil at home and get it to extra time. But uh, yeah, I would think so too. We we have to score away from home and we have to keep it low scoring. Like two one has to be the the biggest score line that we can allow in the first leg. So, uh, but I think we can do it. Like defensively. Uh, of late there's not many teams in uh, the top five leagues in Europe that have like our kind of our record you know West Brom aside even if you factoring the West Brom game the goals conceded you know amount of clean sheets that we've accrued in, in like recent games since Tuchel took over it's a, a pretty good record even against good teams so I, I'm gonna back us I'll I'll
0: All right, well, here's why I'm taking Real Madrid, and it's part of a lot of what Javier even brought up. But uh, having played against Real Madrid for two legs, I think the, the number one thing that killed us, as much as it was the injuries, it's the number one thing that's killed Liverpool for the last three four months it's lack of clinical finishing since Liverpool beat the shit out of Crystal Palace and and scored those seven goals they haven't been converting on chances and that's something that I've still seen from like from Chelsea like I don't trust Timo Werner I don't yes Olivier Giroud has been big in huge moments I'm not going to sit here and say that he hasn't but I look at this Real Madrid team and say how many chances are Chelsea going to get at the Apple and how many of them are they going to convert on and how many of them am I confident in and I'm not confident in that and then I look at Real Madrid and I look at Kareem Benzema and I look at a guy who has done this in these moments. He might he you're right. He's not the, you know, the glitzy, the glam player, but he gets it done in these moments. And I also look at the midfield battle. Whether it's Conte and Kovacic, I, I still or Conte and Jorginho, or Conte and whoever, I still will take Modric, Cruz, and Casemiro any day of the week, twice on Sunday, to win that battle in midfield. But it's not just as simple as counter. that.
1: It's not just as simple as you know the midfield two versus their three. You know, Mason know. Mount drops in and does a lot of work. We have center backs from the I back know, know three who does. push up into midfield and intercept balls. It, we can we can crowd midfield ourselves, and I think N'Golo Kante kind of has the potential to take over this one because Modric's you know he's getting up there. He plays a lot of games, which is they, you know, they, a good they thing, are like yeah. But Alex, Alex they,
2: those players are absolutely unreal against like any type of N'Golo press. They're just gonna pass around him and like tire him
0: out.
1: And well, that's that's what we're gonna. There's only we're gonna one find Conte.
0: Out. There's there's one Conte. There's three of Casemiro. No, no, and Andrew,
1: you're, you're, that's incorrect. There's two Contes. Remember. Always, whenever you play against him, it's like playing against two fine. players. Three is still more than two. Alex. Yeah, but then we've got Kovacic or Jorginho, so it's it's even. Then we've got.
0: <laughs> I, I, if, here, first of all, if Jorginho's out there, you guys are fucked. No, no, no. He's Jor- playing really well Jorginho has yeah.
1: been very good recently. He's he's been completely fine. Whether it's been with Kovacic or with Conte, he's been very good. So I'm confident of any. You want to hear a crazy stat, three.
2: which like I never thought Chelsea would be have that stat in like at the end of April. Chelsea now have the most clean sheets. Of any team in Europe's top five leagues in all competitions. They have 29 clean sheets this season, which, if you had told me that in December, under Frank Lampard, I would have laughed at you and called you an idiot and said that's absolutely impossible. Chelsea are
1: garbage defensively. So no, no, no uh, you wouldn't have said that. You would have Chelsea, said, uh, "Oh my God, did they fire Frank Lampard and hire Thomas Tuchel? Pro, <laughs> well, yeah. Or did but, they hire Allegri? Allegri? Really yeah, I would insane. have thought
2: Allegri. I, I, I mean, Tuchel kind of had a reputation I, as being more of an attacking manager. Turns yeah. out that he's really turned your team. I mean, there's you guys have a couple of really, really key players that you need to stay fit and that you need to play extremely well in this tie for for you this to go for you. The well, first one is being Aspilicueta. Well, the last thing I hit on to which be... goes into
1: Aspilicueta, Javier, is uh, Ferland Mendy is going to be out for, for both legs. And uh, I think the rest of their back line is back fit and healthy from uh, the, the last round. Marce- Marcelo's not a bad, not a bad uh, backup. No, he's not. He, he's not at all. But uh, he's going to get overloaded a good amount on that side with Rhys James, Aspilicueta... Whoever's playing on the right, whether it's uh, oh or Mount, your by...
2: your right wing or right wing back, he's gonna be pinned back the all the entire tie by Vinicius. Vinicius is just gonna fucking no, no, that's, destroy that's, you down that's that's that wing.
1: That's why play three at the back, so the like, can focus on Vinicius. And no, Reese but James like you can, know, you know, you know
2: that in recent years we've seen in the Premier League that Aspilicueta can get done by players that have really really fast turns and and acceleration, like someone like a Vinicius Junior, who honestly. There's, I don't know if there's anyone in the Premier League who plays like him right now. I mean, well, the, like, Sterling Christian,
1: would be a would be a comp, but he's not playing as Sterling, well, as Vinicius yeah, right now.
2: Exactly. So, but they're right and now. He just I mean, locked
1: down Sterling last week. So,
2: yeah. So I, it's going to be a really that's going to be a fun matchup. Whoever starts at right wing back and Aspilicueta, yeah, they're going to they're going to have their their
0: their work cut out for them, and. I, I did just look, I did just look, Sergio Ramos was not on the bench and did not feature in the last Real Madrid game from this weekend, and in fact they had Nacho playing at left back, not Marcelo, Marcelo came off the bench right. in that one, so uh, that's just one for, uh, just for the record, but yeah, um, so uh, Javier, you're taking Madrid as well? Yeah, I'm going to take Real Madrid. Okay. The, the other so.
2: the other thing the um, other thing is I think Catois is gonna go God mode. He's gonna say fuck Chelsea. Like I'm gonna show you fucks that like I'm better than you. And he's gonna he's gonna want to show this that like give his uh, absolute just, best in this. I'm just
1: gonna leave it with this. This isn't the first time this year on the podcast that you two have picked a Madrid team and I've picked Chelsea and you guys have been wrong. So we'll leave it at that.
0: Yeah, but usually when but there's a different. I want to point Atletico out though. Madrid I want to point out Real. though. I yeah, am yeah,
1: the Atletico Madrid are ahead of Real Madrid in the table. <laughs> I want to point out, I am perfect.
0: They're they're all about to be behind
1: Barcelona. My Champions League bracket is
2: perfect right now. I predicted all four of the semifinalists uh, on the last Champions League pod.
0: Did you bet on them, though? I did not. I should have. That would have been great. No, it matters, you know. I got it It, out there. No, it it literally doesn't matter until you put money behind it. That's it. It doesn't matter. Let's get to the humanitarian bowl for uh, teaching children how to read better and uh, improve the world's health. uh, Between PSG and Manchester City, listen, Real Madrid and Chelsea are not
2: any better. So we could have said the same thing about (laughs) their neither
0: neither PSG nor Manchester City have ever done anything bad ever in their lives ever. They've only done good things.
1: Let's at least give PSG the credit for not signing up for the Super League. Congratulations to them.
0: Yes, credit credit to them. This one time they didn't do the it, bad it's thing. It's because they they very, have very proud they have them. like imaging, uh, like stuff tied with FIFA because
2: Qatar is holding the next World Cup and Qatar technically owns PSG.
0: So no, actually, you know why they didn't get in bed is because no, that's why, that's um, why
2: because they literally they're the
0: they're the no, club most the in bed reason. with FIFA right now. They are because they also own they also own uh, the they own BN Sports, who owns the Champions League rights right. in a bunch of international countries. So they couldn't like join the Super League when they literally own the T V rights to the Champions if League. If PSG and
2: Byron had joined the Super League, I think it would have happened. Like if they'd had like all of the big clubs on board, then they would have just gone ahead with it. But because a few teams were like, wait, we're not I don't know if we're gonna do it, and then as soon as one team fell out, then it just Domino I mean, it 12, affected it. It was
1: twelve teams in three countries in seven cities. Like it was it was not representative of Europe at all. And they were trying to play it off as European no, Super League. Not even close. But we've already talked about that, Brittany. Well,
0: yes. Let's get back to PSG taking on Manchester City. Another Pep Guardiola, uh Pochettino head-to-head matchup. We got that a few years ago when Spurs went to the final and they knocked out Manchester City. And a crazy, crazy, crazy one. PSG having the opportunity to return to the final after falling short last year, and uh, Manchester City coming into this one after winning another, yet another Carabao Cup. What is that? Four straight that they've now won. Yep, four straight. Um, four straight, and uh, Pep Guardiola's won like 14 or 15 finals or, some, or something like that. Ridiculous, that ridiculous record. Yeah, I mean, absurd. This is this is a
2: much better team now that Pochettino has, and they're playing well. I think there's one concern. Uh, I think today Kylian Mbappe came off limping off injured in like the 80th minute um, after scoring a couple of goals and if he's not fit for this game which it doesn't look like he's going to be fully fit definitely for the first leg so it's a little bit scary for them to to not have their talisman and their you know they still have Neymar obviously but I think it makes it a lot more up in the air. I think if they had both of them Manchester City for me have they they they're still winning games but it seems like their their like incredible goal scoring form has dwindled
1: in the last few weeks. But that's natural at this point of the season, especially with so many different competitions. It's
0: true. It's true. So I mean, it they feels like they're more like pacing themselves. The, they did not start a striker in the cup final. Now it was also against Tottenham, so they don't usually see, start a striker. To be
1: fair, like sometimes Jesus, that's also true. but that's been the norm for them for the second half of this season.
2: Yeah, they just play a bunch of goal-scoring threats like Foden, De Bruyne, and Gundogan, who all make leg runs into the box, and they just flood the box. It's it's scary as shit to play against because Mares, Sterling, they essentially have like five forwards who all interchange. And move into different positions, and it's it's honestly super interesting watching Manchester City how they set up. I think that they're the most versatile team in Europe in that sense, and I don't know if Pochettino has the tools at his disposal if he doesn't have Kylian Mbappe fully fit to to best this well, Manchester City. Well, good news City Javier side.
0: because. Good news, Javier, because I just checked the Twitter of one Jonathan Johnson who covers Paris Saint-Germain and Ligue 1, the best guy you can follow for him on Twitter. Uh, Pochettino reassuring that Mbappe's knock is nothing serious. I find it impossible to think that he doesn't start this one. Plus, I mean, they've got so many decent goal scorers up top that they can like rotate between. Like, whether they're going to run Maze Kane, if they're going to run Icardi. Like, yes, you want Mbappe in this because this is the pivotal moment. I think he's going to start, but I also think that they have enough depth that uh, can contribute if he's out for a week for the first first leg. I don't think On, honestly City this is this, is this is the away.
2: battle of the two chokers. Like, both of these teams, like, fucking choke in big situations like this in the Champions League all the fucking time. So I was about to be, like, go, go to the angle, like, ah, but PSG choke a lot. And then I was like, well, so did City, so, like, yeah, but who's going to fucking choke?
1: Like, but don't you think, like, comparing the two straight up, you would kind of associate that moniker with more with Manchester City than with PSG? Especially, like, recently, last season and this season. It feels like PSG have kind of exercised a lot of their Champions League demons you know, from, you know, getting to the final last year uh, and, you know, only losing one nil to a Bayern Munich team that was just wiping the floor with everyone else they played. Uh, and then to this year, going to the Camp Nou, getting that big win with Mbappe scoring a hat trick. And uh, it does kind of feel it, like like destiny for
2: them in terms of they beat Bayern, expelled the Demons. And now, you know, it's kind of
1: like they're this is their Champions League to win and they've shown that they they're more than comfortable with you know winning ugly. That Bayern those two Bayern legs were were not pretty wins. Kaylor Navas had to make a lot of very good saves. Bayern Munich probably wasted a, a good amount of chances completely irrespective of how good uh, Kaylor Navas was. Uh, so I, I'm not I'm not trying to say PSG are lucky because luck comes comes into this a lot but Like you said, it just kind of seems like they're comfortable with, you know, being the team of fate and, you know, just working as hard as they can, taking their chances on the counterattack when they come and, you know, letting fate decide for them. And, you know, it's worked out for the most part. The other injury I think we kind of have to mention is uh, I'm not sure whether it's a long term injury, but Marquinhos didn't start this weekend. uh, I was looking at that.
0: He's been out for a little while with a groin injury. He's back in training as of April 22nd, but did not make the squad um, for their win this past weekend. Uh, Against Mets. Oh, I think over Mets. Yes, over Mets. I just looked at that myself, which uh, they started uh, uh, Presnel Kempembe. Who Kempembe like, and Tilo Karer.
1: Uh, Kempembe yeah. usually starts with Marquinhos and then Karer, the, uh, the the German center back. Came in. I, I didn't watch that game, but um, that has to be a concern if uh, Marquinhos is out, and it has they to be a concern for a City as well. Too. That you know they, they have some center backs at the moment. Uh, you know some like Ruben Diaz are playing fine, but others like L- Laporte, even though he scored the winner today in the Carabao Cup, he's not looked always great. And John Stones is coming off a couple of games where he's made bad mistakes and gotten sent off in the league against Aston Villa. They have defenders still who can, you know, make mistakes at the back. And obviously PSG, even if Mbappe is a doubt, you know, Neymar and DiCardi and, and Kane and Di Maria is having like quietly a very, very good season. People just yeah, seem to a really ignore good right Di Maria now, sure. and just focus on Mbappe and Neymar. But Di Maria seems to be like the perfect foil for what the for what those two are uh, doing. And he was so even phenomenal. Without in both Mbappe, against I think I'm going to PSG. I'm just I'm just more Me comfortable too. with them. And not that I don't think Manchester City have a chance. They obviously have a very, very good chance. They're a very good side, but so were Bayern. And if Bayern uh, get frustrated and miss their chances, then so can Manchester City. And we've seen that a bit more I, recently from I,
2: I have to go with, with uh, PSG as well, just because I've been picking them in all like the big games. I picked them to go through against Bayern, and I think they're going to win the Champions League. So I'm going to go PSG as well, but...
0: Me, Let me read off the uh, PSG bench real quick of who didn't start in this game. Angel Di Maria, Mauro Riccardi, Julian Draxler, Monsai Kane, Danilo Pereira, Idrissa Ganagay. all all got to rest. All didn't start in this game. They That means they started a midfield three of Ander Herrera, Marco Verratti, and Paredes. Yeah. City, have, like, City have
2: had a lot of games in the last you know couple of weeks. They had that, this cup final. They've had a lot of uh, Premier League games.
1: Right, The FA, the cup, FA cup semifinal.
2: Yeah. So we'll see if this this first leg might catch up to them, and if it if it does, and Neymar and, and Mbappe go off in the first leg for three goals or something, then it, they could look be looking at a, a big deficit going into the second leg that might be hard too hard to overcome,
0: just like what happened with Bayern. I'll tell you what I'm absolutely betting on PSG right now, and they are plus two ten versus Manchester City plus one fifteen.
1: It it's still it still doesn't really sit right with me that all three of us are going with psg i it was what i was afraid of but you know i, I thought like this is a close enough one that I, I thought maybe like two of us would pick psg and one would pick city but you know i guess we're all uh we're all convinced with uh pochettino, pochettino does seem like he has kind of a uh I don't know. I feel like he has a good record against Pep Guardiola. Maybe not overall, but in a lot of big matches, like that Listen, Tottenham the dude matchup brought, you mentioned. The dude brought well.
2: a trash Tottenham side to a Champions League final. He's clearly a very, very good coach. And yeah. I was always just very butthurt that he was on Tottenham. So I think he made that team look a lot better than it really is. And Mourinho showed really where that team's level actually is. And now with an even better side, I think he can actually win the, the, the Champions League here. You know, I think he also knows. I mean, and the other thing, he knows Guardiola well, and he has a decent record against him. So
0: the other thing too, there's only four games left in in uh on. are still a point behind Leo. Like PSG is humming right now, yeah. but they are still make, making up and points. It's, like it's they, one of the
1: best title races in Europe, and that's including the uh, the Spanish title race because Leo just came back from two nil down against Leon today to win three two and keep that one point lead. So. They're not going away, and PSG are gonna for for once. They're gonna have to deal with a very good side in the Champions League semifinals, and you know, fight on two fronts. I can't think of the last time PSG have had to fight on two fronts before.
0: Yeah, and Lille's last four uh, last four games, they got Nice, Lens, Saint Etienne, and Angers to close out the season.
1: Uh, so Lens or Lons, I think, uh, is actually they're actually a very good side. So that could be tough. That could be the one they drop points in.
0: Yep. Yeah. all right. Let's go to Europa League where we've got we got Manchester United taking on Roma, Villarreal taking on Arsenal in the Unai Emery revenge game, revenge bowl. That one uh, we'll get there in a second. But Manchester United taking on Roma. I've actually caught a decent amount of this of Roma's Europa League run because for some reason they're on the Spanish. Ch- uh, so I work on Thursdays in the in the studio. And Roma seem to be on GalaVision or Univision like every single time. They're not usually putting like Manchester United or Arsenal. But like Roma's been surprisingly on every single time. And they're a side that scores a lot of goals. I'm very interested to see how they do against this Manchester United backline. that, yes, they didn't concede against Leeds this past weekend, but they're usually good to concede a goal or two. Like they're not they're not solid at the back. There There could be a lot of goals in both of these matchups. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I, I honestly don't think they have any chance whatsoever. I <laughs> they, think they have uh, no chance have whatsoever chance, either boy. against
0: United. I really don't either. They just I lost to Kai got, Cleary.
1: <laughs> they, yeah, just they lost also, this weekend.
0: They got really, but they, really. I don't think they're taking Serie A as seriously as they are taking Europa.
1: Uh, well, like I don't. Yeah, I mean, I can understand that. I mean, they, they still have they don't really have a shot a shot at, at Champions League places, but they still are. You know, in the discussion, along with Lazio, their their rivals, to get into a European or Europa League playoff spot, um, and they're three Lazio points off have that two right Two games now. in
0: hand and three points on that. Yeah,
1: yeah. So it's not looking likely, but you know, it's still kind of possible. Uh, they just haven't been playing well recently. If if you know, if they'd been uh, healthy and you know, uh, like melding well at the at the at the right time coming into the semifinal, I would think, okay, sure, maybe they have a shot, but. Manchester United are also that they've mastered the art of winning ugly at at this point. Maybe not against every team, but in a European two-legged semifinal, it just kind of feels like it they also could feels even win like they're ugly.
2: they're the clear second best team in the Premier League this season. Like they're going to oh, yeah. finish second. So yes. for me, I think they're the clear favorites for this final, and you know it's there for theirs to lose at this point because they have the the. Yeah, like you say, they win really gritty right now. They're really, really hard to break down, really hard to beat. And this Roma side maybe gets a goal in each leg, but I think United get more than two goals total. So I, I think it could be like We've three the, one and one one, something like that. But I think I can in, see
0: that you've got the Henrik Mkhitaryan and uh, Chris Smalling factor too to uh, to plug in there for Roma. I still I don't I don't think it's going to help. I don't, <laughs> <at all. laughs> I
2: think I think I think like. A player like Eden Jacko maybe could could go off. Old Manchester City player getting his you know revenge of. You know he was there for a long long yeah, time. We're, and we're really reaching yeah. at this point. I we're don't really think reaching. If, we're if, reaching. If, if
1: you're going to convince me that Roma's going to go through, the 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 reason has to be Manchester United implode. Like they just make a bunch of mistakes, which you know it, they've they've cut out most of those this season. But you know a Maguire. Uh, fuck up is or a Lindelof fuck up is still not out of the question. So also maybe if that you, happens, but that, I just that time don't see that it United enough. played,
2: I know this is a completely different United side, but we got to mention when they played in the the Champions League in like 2008 and they beat them seven nil in the first leg.
1: No, that's not the one you mentioned. The one you mentioned is the uh, the AC Milan two legs uh, earlier in the Europa League this season. AC Milan are by all means a far superior side to Roma based off form or not. Uh, and you know United, it was it was a close tie, but United seemed like the better team throughout those two ties. So I'm I'm guessing it's going to be probably yeah, a pretty Syria, high Syria scoring uh, United trash. win.
2: I'm going to say five two United
0: go through on aggregate, just total. You're,
1: you're even picking a score. Look at you. Yep, <laughs> I can see it.
0: All right, let's get let's get to the business. Real Arsenal, Unai Emery revenge bowl. I don't know. I'm a little bit afraid. Unai's kind
2: of a god in Europa League. Gerard Moreno scoring kind a of? shitload of goals, you know? I don't know. I'm a little bit scared. We're not playing very well. We got a bunch of injuries. Lacazette's out in a couple weeks. I don't think he's going to be ready for this first leg. And Aubameyang still hasn't been really training much with, since he's had malaria. So uh, It would be very impressive if, if we are able to pull this off. Because right now we're very depleted and kind of just a mediocre side. So I think defensively... And on the ball, Arsenal are, are good, but we just create so many problems for ourselves. We we, we, we just, you know, we look like we're, we're better than almost every side we play against, and then we just make a, a small, you know, bad back pass, or the goalie messes up, or somebody slips, and uh, it just feels like this might be one of the situations where that happens. Are, I don't know. Are you I mean, gonna I'm gonna predict I'm gonna, it. No, I'm gonna predict Arsenal to go through. I'm going to say Arsenal go through, but I think it's going to be really, really hard. And I think it's going to be, I think we're going to have to really show up in this first like, get a couple of away goals, you know, maybe like a 2-1 away win. And then I'll I'll feel a lot more comfortable going back to Arsenal because I think they're going to score at least a goal, you know, at the Emirates. Um, so,
1: well, I, I, I'm going to pull the trigger and say Villarreal. Uh,
0: I'm also taking Villarreal. We all live in a yellow submarine, Alex.
1: We do, we do. If they if they win, we're taking tabs of acid and doing the podcast. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, I'm not agreeing. That, to that was a joke, people. I'm not that, to that was a joke. That was legally but, that was a joke.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah. But I mean, but maybe I don't know. People probably don't watch too much Villarreal recently, uh, but they do have a lot of you know very recognizable names. We have got Liverpool legend Alberto Moreno. We've got Tottenham legend Juan. Yeah, Foyth. he's really good in this competition. We've got Real Madrid legend Raúl Albiol. We got Etienne Capoue, Uh We've got Watford legend Everton. Everton legend uh, Ramiro Funes
0: Mori. Remember <laughs> the time that he injured uh, injured uh, Carigi? Francis Cochlin revenge game.
1: But the the main reasons you have to give Villarreal a chance are three players One mainly: One fourth. Uh, Gerard Moreno that you already mentioned Javier, and then Samuel Chukwueze, their uh, their winger. I think he's about twenty two or twenty three. Very talented player that will probably be making a step up uh, very soon. And then uh, in terms of their experience, Danny Parejo in midfield, he was playing for Valencia for a very long time, frequently in the Champions League. And, you know, he's kind of a Jorginho, Rodri kind of type of player. Sits in midfield, you know, just sort of manages the game and, you know, recycles possession and is the the sort of calm head in midfield. And his experience uh, in Europe in general, I think is going to be absolutely pivotal uh, for Villarreal and again, those those injuries for Arsenal and just the general form. I, I just think it's Arsenal may may come through, but I, I, I'm i just going to lean towards Villarreal at the moment. I don't blame you. I, I, I don't think it's it's I
2: think it's probably even money right now. I, I don't think like either team is going to is probably heavily
0: favored. And I can give you the exact odds. Hang on one second. Villarreal are plus 145 in the second leg and Arsenal are plus 195. The draw plus 230.
1: So you're slight favorites, yeah, slight favorites, but no, they're slight. slight no, they're, they're slight underdogs. Dogs. Yeah,
0: they're, they're slight yeah, underdogs. If that's the
1: case, then yeah, take Villarreal for the for the money
0: to qualify for next round. Villarreal are plus one twelve, which means they're underdogs, and Arsenal are minus one fifty six. So decent odds on Villarreal to advance. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't bet against it. I think that this is a huge
2: you know two games for Arsenal. The whole season comes down to this, and you know, I, I I do think that someone like Saka, you know, is hypothetically one of the best players left in the competition. I know United has some really good players as well, but I don't know if Gerard Moreno or you know Nic- Nicola Pepe really needs to show up as well. I mean, he got we paid a shitload of money. He if he shows up in these you know last th- potentially three games, you know, the two semifinals and then the final. He could justify his price tag if he if he shows up right now and and in the absence of Lacazette and Aubameyang, and he's been really really good in Europa League. Um, and then that our, is true. our final All right. our final yeah. X factor is Martinelli. I mean Martinelli is is a kid who he's just coming back from injury, just starting to get more minutes, um, and he's also destroyed Europa League opposition. So him Emil Smith Rowe Saka Odegaard's fit again. You know Thomas Partey's been getting a run of games in the side. I think that this is this is what we're really focusing on. We didn't give a shit against Everton, even though I think we outplayed Everton. They had no shots on target again. We lost because that Leno bullshit own goal. But that's yeah, near. Yeah, very pissed about that. Very near there here nor there. You know, uh, yeah. Sorry guys. Now you guys have to deal with Everton. But um, no, 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 it has nothing to do with that.
0: I had money on the draw.
2: Yeah, that, would, that was good money to, 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 to put on the draw. But yeah, that, that was bullshit from Leno. Um, but yeah, I think I. Th- uh, I think it's going to be really close, but I'm going to say Arsenal will go through very, very narrowly. Are you just narrowly. hoping on
1: like Lacazette and or Aubameyang to be ready for the second leg? Like, kind of keep it low scoring first leg and then unleash Aubameyang in the second leg. Is he going to be fit for for it? Malaria could be a bitch. Like, I don't know if that's just like a one or two week turnaround. I, I didn't say Eddie and Kethia either, but like he's I think good enough. If he starts, then you're screwed. You think so?
2: You don't yeah. think he can score against Villarreal? Not against in the these Europa guys. League? Yeah, I, I mean. These guys are gonna bully the shit out of him. Villarreal are garbage defensively, though. Villarreal are garbage defensively, like any Unai side is, like they score goals and they have possession but like they're they
0: they make a lot of mistakes and they gift goals yeah but they're jackasses they're going to they're going to fucking body him
1: they have got a lot of experience back there pau torres isn't inexperienced than raul Albiol, their captain has obviously played a lot of big games slow, for spain they got some
2: slow players in the midfield yeah, but, and, but and but they and are experienced and
1: crafty like against a young player like inkietzia he could get very easily frustrated uh, by players like that uh, I'm just saying, if you're relying on we, you and I have discussed that Gabriel Martinelli would probably be a better uh, pick. I think even Pepe would be a better pick to start as striker. If you're planning to play like a counterattacking system, it doesn't matter if he's on the right wing or, or central. He's going to drift out to the right wing anyway. Play someone, if you can get Saka or Odegaard out in that wing to cut in and just switch with him constantly, then that's that's a nightmare to defend on the counterattack.
2: I, I would love to see a front four of Martinelli on the left wing, Pepe in the middle... Sock on the right, and then Odegaard behind or them. Or Neil Smith like,
1: Rowe behind them.
2: Yeah, one or the other, whoever's like more fit, and then we can bring someone off the bench.
0: But I would. But, but you right, just I'm know here. it's going
1: to be in Ketia. You just know that he's going to uh, play in Ketia I there. Don't know.
0: We'll see. Hopefully not. I got I to gotta ask if they flame out badly, is this it for Arteta? I think so. I think it's fair because.
2: 3 0 over both legs. Yeah. I think it's fair because I think that's the reason why Mourinho lost his job as well, is because I think when you've been given. I don't know, though, because I think the team might also. They might also look at the long term project. They might look at what we've been able to achieve in terms of like trash being taken out. The team's been basically purged at this point, and we need to, you know, make. A decent investment and and, and turnaround in in the summer. Now that we've gotten your Oziels, your Mustafis, your Kolasinic, your Socrates, all of these players that we've gotten rid of recently, you know, the, the, I think there was a lot of weight around the club around that. A lot of almost all of the players that used to play under Arsene Wenger pretty much are all they're almost all gone at this point. So, I think we're going to have to start seeing results. But I kind of feel like this season was a little bit of a a free roll almost for him, even even though that's not like fair. I don't know if that's like he should he should just be secure in his job no matter what happens here. But I, I think that even if we win or lose, I think he's still gonna be here next season.
1: You could probably sell that uh if they get knocked out of the Europa League, don't get Champions League and don't qualify for Europe at all. You could sell to the maybe not to the fans, but you could sell in general that, you know, Arteta's building something, he's got a young team that he's still figuring out see if he can qualify for Champions League with uh, no distractions and no European football for an entire season and if he doesn't qualify for it then then uh, then think about kicking him out but so
2: there's there's been a lot of like talk uh, that Josh Kroenke was personally apologizing and calling him and, and like Vinay, who's the the like director of football for Arsenal now they've been calling all the other owners and apologizing saying like we're really sorry for you know trying to join the ESL and in the supporter meetings they've been saying that they're going to invest in Arsenal. That they're gonna that K S E, which is like the cronky company, they're gonna invert mon- put money into Arsenal, which is I, I don't believe that. I think that's just like absolute bullshit. I think they're just saying that type of stuff to to keep the fans off their back. But if that, that just that's means the they're case, gonna
1: they're gonna spend another fifty to eighty million on aparte like they did last year or Pepe the year before. You know? Doesn't necessarily mean like full like a 100 million plus uh investment because it very rarely does with the cronkies.
2: But You're right. can, can we just But, can but we that just bring would be, real, that'd be That would be that would be the type of thing that if we could give Arteta to to plan around the squad giving him I don't know, even like 150 million for one window he, he, I think I think the difference between him and Unai Emery and, and the end of the Arsene Wenger reign is a lot of times you couldn't really see what the team was building up to under Wenger things just went stale under Unai you could kind of see at the beginning his plan and then for the last like four or five months of his tenure you just couldn't see the game plan at all and there was different lineups every week and and there was no consistency whatsoever at least with arteta you can kind of see that he's built this up better defensively that he's given more of like a rigid structure and a plan of of game plan whether these players have been you know actually executing this game plan or not they haven't right like a lot of the times they've been messing up but a lot of it's been like individual errors um, you know, stupidity uh, on the part of some players to get red cards, things like that. But the actual game plan, a lot of the time, has been very good. And I think that's where you need to, like, take a step back from the results and say, okay, he could be building something. Much like, uh, you know, even in, in, in Klopp's first season, I think he finished sixth, right? Like, you know, he didn't. I think we finished seventh. Seventh, yeah. You know,
0: and. and uh, but he also and, and, no, but it, came in in November. Yeah, no. Well, and we went to two cup finals.
2: Yeah, and and I think that's why Arteta has a little bit of leeway because he came in in the middle of the season last year in a really bad place. Kind of turned the team around, won an FA Cup. So I think that buys him like an extra season. This season, I don't think he should be fired. I think, I think we give him one more year after this. If it, if the team doesn't compete for you know it doesn't get top four in Champions League, then we gotta make moves. But I think right now there you can see a direction that the team's going, which is I think good enough. And he and he's he's still raw. He's like Frank Lampard in the sense that like he still makes mistakes, but you can still see the talent there of a of a, of a very good coach. All the yeah. players speak very highly of him. So it's a gamble to stay with him, but I think it could be something that pays off if if he if he turns it around.
1: Can we just uh, do a little golf clap real quick for uh, the potential for two finals? with all English teams. I know it's a very small uh, potential for that, but we could have a Chelsea-Man City final and a Arsenal-Manchester United-Europe League final uh, two years after having all English finals in the same tournaments. with Yeah, so I, 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 I just don't remember a time. I mean, back in that 2005 to 2012 run where there were teams English teams in the Champions League semifinals like, constantly, I can't think of many times that it was happening in both the Champions League and Europa League. The English teams were getting through to the, the final of both competitions, yeah, or at least I mean, there the was semifinals. That,
2: there was that period from 2005 to like 2010. Yeah, but I'm, I'm saying that in the Champions ever League... Ever since that, then, yeah, we haven't had that. It, that was the case, had it that. wasn't the case yeah. in the Europa League. No.
1: The Europa League was constantly, you know, Spanish teams or uh, someone else. Like, Fulham had a run one year and lost to, to uh, Athletic Madrid in the final. But, yeah, I mean, I mean just... The total domination of Europe in uh, by English teams is just impressive. That's all I'm trying to say,
2: Andrew. By the way, in the 2000s, there were multiple years where there were three English teams in the semifinals. I think that happened two separate times, um, where <clears throat> England. Like, I-, I think you mentioned that on the last Champions League pod. If you weren't sure, because you were, that was when you were still thinking Liverpool were going to make it, and we could have had you know three three English teams in the Champions League semifinals. Hey, I think it would be exciting if we had all English finals, but I don't think it's going to happen either. I definitely don't want that. I think it would be cool. It'd be cool. We'd we, we have an extension of our domestic tournaments.
1: Hey, we beat those guys already. Europe. We can do it again.
0: Um, Alright, well that is going to wrap it up from us here. Uh, we'll have plenty of stuff going on throughout the rest of the week. We've got uh, Premier League stuff coming as well, so check that out. Follow along Ghost Goal Pod uh, at Andrew ASMOS92, at JavierRev9, and uh, until next time, Bye-bye.